The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about using collegiate athletics as a platform for marketing success. Joining us is Jennifer Davis, who is the CMO at Learfield IMG College, which is one of the largest collegiate sports marketing companies. Learfield represents more than 100 of the nation's top collegiate properties in the NCAA. And as a corporate member of the Association of National Advertisers, universities that use their services include Florida State, University of Texas, and of course, the University of California. Go Bears. And today, Jennifer and I are going to discuss collegiate sports and consumer brand marketing challenges. All right, here's my conversation with Jennifer Davis, CMO at Learfield IMG College. Jennifer, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's such a privilege to have you here. I am so excited for this conversation. First off, my career started in sports marketing. I am a huge college sports marketing fan. I'm not sure if you heard the Go Bears when I was reading the intro, oh, yeah. but I'm a big Cal fan. And I'm also a big college sports consumer. I'm truly fascinated by college sports marketing. I can't wait to talk to you a little bit about it. Let's start off. Tell me a little bit about what Learfield IMG College is. Learfield IMG College is, as you said, a leading provider of college sports marketing services to brands. We are the leading provider of multimedia rights, which is everything outside linear broadcast. So everything from in-stadium advertising, radio, digital advertising, and the like, we facilitate on behalf of our university partners. We also are the parent company for a variety of other services that we provide to schools, including licensing management and brand oversight, ticketing technology and solutions, as well as a host of other services related to signage and, again, marketing services that make university programs and allow them to unlock the value of university athletics and beyond. If I had to summarize it, the and beyond, it makes it even more complicated where there are these large entities, these universities, which in theory are about education, but they also have these millions, if not billions of dollars invested in their athletic programs. They are gigantic revenue drivers for the schools. 
It's been a little bit of a hot topic in the news lately about how that works, but it's incredibly complicated, not only working with the athletic departments, the universities, but then you mentioned the different marketing channels somebody could use, whether it's in-stadium, merchandising, ticketing, everything. Right. We build intercollegiate athletic official websites and apps. We offer digital programs. So there's a lot of offerings we have for universities and for brands. And we bring those together increasingly into a platform that allows, again, brands to connect to fans. Soup to Nuts, you help the schools figure out how to use their properties to market brands and services. So let's talk a little bit about that dynamic. Tell me about why brands are thinking about sports marketing. Are they looking for direct response activities? Is this all just about branding? What's in it for the brand and why should they consider marketing through college sports as opposed to national sports or something else? First and foremost, any brand wants to connect to their customers or potential customers. And we find that there is a high degree of overlap in what many consumer brands want to connect with and what we can bring from the perspective of the college sports fan. So audience targeting is an overlap is one of those key value propositions. I would also say that both at the local level, regional level, and up to the national level, there are many college sports fans like yourself who feel an affinity to a particular school or program and want to be a part of that community. And that has real value to many of the brands, especially those that are marketing at the regional level. But then even across property and at the national scale, there's just something about fandom, about the college sports fan experience. There are more college sports fans than there are fans of any professional link because the breadth is so wide. And the affinity that people have for their schools, they're not just fans. You are a bear. I am actually a terrier, technically. I went to Boston University, but I grew up in the Bay Area and and I am a Golden Bear fan. Absolutely. And again, I think many have a story like that where they might not even be an alum, but they feel an affinity for school property. And for those who did, maybe even multi-generational alumni relationships, I mean, their fandom is on their resume as much as it is in their closet with all their gear or on the bumper sticker of their car. And coming into Learfield, I've just been here about 100 days. And one of the things that attracted me to the company was I've worked for brands that have enjoyed deep and broad loyalty. People love Amazon or Amazon Web Services. People love their Honeywell thermostat. But people are not mentioning those brands in their obituaries. And they're not leaving money in their will. But people have that kind of multi-generational loyalty to their colleges. So I think that's one thing that really creates a brand halo, if you will, an affinity with a very loyal group who wants to do business with brands that do business with their school. The two words that stick out in my mind that you said are affinity and community. That really resonates with me as a sports fan. I've been going to the Cal games since I was four years old. Right. Been a Bear fan. It wasn't necessarily my choice. It was just given to me. (laughs) And I think of that as the chance to bond with the people in a local community. And that makes a lot of sense. I feel like I'm a member of community. I have affinity with the university, with their athletic programs. So therefore, the people that support those programs, their sponsors, I have an affinity for. Talk to me about some of the dynamics of 
you know, what are the type of brands that benefit from sports marketing the most? I would imagine that the vast majority of them are business to consumers because of the wide breadth of college marketing. Give me the high level of who are the brands that are most reliant or successful using sports marketing as a channel. Well, I think you captured it well by saying it's business to consumer brands. People who want to connect with individual consumers are certainly the center of the lane. We do have some notable B2B brands, but typically in markets where B2B and business to individual kind of blur a bit, like for instance, across some of our schools in the Midwest, we have relationships with farming implement companies or seed companies where the decision maker for those business purchases is also an individual sports fan. So there is some notable B2B campaigns, but overwhelmingly we are used as part of a B2C marketing mix for all the reasons that you said. There are 150 million college sports fans or more, and people see those as part of their potential audience. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Yeah, when I think of the sports marketing that I've consumed, you know, it's a lot of, hey, there's a general kind of a mass market that are going to these games or consuming the media around the games. So that naturally lends itself to a broader audience. So you're looking B to C. Then I think about things like the naming of the stadium, your naming rights, and those generally tend to be B2B brands, which I think is kind of funny, with the exception of Smoothie King, which I think sponsors the stadium down in New Orleans for basketball, you know, Levi Stadium here in San Francisco, Oracle Arena in Oakland, you know, there's a lots of, I guess that's a B2B brand, you know, I think of most of the brands that are doing the naming are like banks and telecom companies, they tend to be more B2B type businesses. But even banks have obviously consumer depositors and work in that space too. So yeah, sometimes there's a hybrid there for sure. I also think it comes down to, and I think you've touched on it, comes down to the objectives of what the brand's trying to do. Often naming rights, especially for a high profile stadium, will be a way to kind of parlay a regional investment into something with a national scale because it's picked up in the news all the time. 
that kind of thing. In other cases, we have brands that are the local pharmacy or the local insurance agent who don't really want to spread their marketing messages too broadly because they are working in a particular marketplace. And so we're able to kind of dial up and dial down that scale based on what the brand needs. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. You know, it seems like sports marketing and specifically collegiate sports marketing would be something that is very locally focused. I understand why the carpet company that is in the East Bay is sponsoring the Cal basketball games as they roll out the carpet for the players to come onto the court, right? That makes sense to me. It's like, all right, now I have some brand equity. I understand that this carpet supports something that I love. And when I think about carpets, I'm going to go to Sadly, I can't remember the carpet brand's name, but you're talking about collegiate sports also having a national impact. So talk to me about the difference between thinking locally and nationally and how sports marketing can play in both of those circles. Well, I would say, again, it comes down to audience. If your audience is within 50 miles of the stadium, the college sports marketing has been a great regional awareness building tool. Many brands for decades now have used college sports marketing as a way to Again, integrate themselves into the community, be part of the fabric of that local city and be meaningful to the fans that are within that stadium. But what we are finding is that fans are quite mobile. Every school has a different story and a different profile, but increasingly we're finding that there are as many fans of, you know, a school in the upper Midwest in California than there will be within 50 miles of the stadium. And those kind of ratios Again, broaden the reach that brands can have. If they are a brand that isn't relying on foot traffic on a particular high street in a particular city, then they can actually use college sports marketing to have a broader reach and to reach fans wherever they might be, not just on game day, but every day and not just in the shadow of the stadium, but wherever they might have ended up. I think that's one of the things that's really changing about college sports marketing is that people have traditionally viewed it as a local or regional tool for top of the funnel awareness. Sponsorships have been kind of in that space for a while, but the real successful marketers that are using it and investing more and more every year and finding those great results are using it to extend their reach and to find new customers that might not have been familiar with them in the past. And they're using it to drive conversion lower in the funnel as well. They do that by a mixture of media in stadium advertising versus digital pay-per-click kind of advertising have very different models in that regard, but also in the offers that they put out there and the creative that's driving the campaigns. You know, one of the things that occurs to me, and I'll give you some context here, maybe it was on my MySpace page back in the day, but I'm pretty sure it's on my existing Facebook page under religious preferences. I had Cal Bears football. (laughs) Maybe it was political preferences, but either way, I'm a big Bear fan. Naturally, there is literally competition between the universities in their athletic programs. And so as you're talking about, well, you can have these reach that is localized. You can market in Northern California by sponsoring the University of California Golden Bears. You might also be able to sponsor Stanford. And then there's UCLA. And then there's USC. And then there's Oregon, right? And you could do a regional marketing campaign Do you find that brands are successful when they are working with multiple different schools? You know, it seems like this is something where a brand is sponsoring a specific university and the universities are kind of competing with each other. 
do the end consumers see that a brand is sponsoring multiple different schools and kind of feel cheated on? Or can you actually run a regional campaign? Again, I think there's different strategies that are used by different brands. Some absolutely would not sponsor their cross the river rival. But then there are other brands that want to attract audiences in particular states or geographies and find that they can maybe do a program where they start with a smaller school to test out the program, do some A-B testing of messaging. And then once they get their program dialed in, then they take it to the larger school in the same state. We've seen examples of that. We've also seen examples where maybe there's a demographic, an audience that they're going after, which is reflected well in 5, 7, 10, 15, 50 schools across the United States. And the reason that they're choosing a college sports program isn't necessarily because of their affiliation with any one school, but their belief that this audience can be matched up across the U.S., Then in other cases, there are folks who want to hit a particular city. You mentioned like the Bay Area or Los Angeles or New York. Our college sports reach in some of the traditional DMA markets are very strong. So if you want to reach consumers in LA or in Dallas or in Atlanta, Georgia, you're going to be able to do that in in a different way, leveraging college sports. Again, it's a kind of maybe a non-traditional way to think about college sports marketing, but it certainly can be part of the marketing mix. And then there are those brands that want to hit certain demographics that are not really so much school specific. They may want to hit an 18 to 24 year old college student who's looking to open their first bank account or buy their first car or somebody who's into sweet and salty snacks. Well, again, they are using it to hit a demographic and it just happens to fit well with some different demographics that we can reach. So it really goes to show the flexibility. What's going through my head is that is such an articulate answer and so practical about marketing. And I think of collegiate sports and I think of the exact opposite of rational. I think irrational, unwavering bias and support of my team and total distaste and distrust for every other team out there. Maybe it's good my career didn't go on in sports marketing and I got into podcasting. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jennifer Davis, CMO at Learfield IMG College. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Jennifer and I are going to talk about audio's role in sports marketing. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jennifer, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on her company's Twitter handle, which is Learfield, L-E-A-R-F-I-E-L-D, or you can visit her company's website, which is Learfield.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.